Welcome to It Didn't Break Me, a podcast where we have honest and vulnerable conversations around the messy stuff we didn't think we'd come back from, inspiring you to give yourself permission to discover the beauty within the mess and to let go the illusion of perfection. I'm your host, Bianca Keisha Hughes. Hello and welcome to It Didn't Break Me. This is season one of the podcast and it is the very first episode and I am your host, Bianca Keisha Hughes. Thank you so much for joining me and my guests. It is a pleasure to have you here. I really hope Um, As you're listening to this podcast and you're listening to the stories of so many different people where they're sharing how they are either working through because life is not perfect or they are overcoming or have overcome things they thought would break them, the things they had imagined in their mind that they'd never be able to get through or whether they were fearful of what other people think, they are really sharing what it means for them to be on the other side of that and all the things they had to go through. My hope is as you listen to these stories that you would be inspired to discover the beauty within the mess and really move past the expectation of perfection, um, which is not a true thing. It is an illusion. So my hope is that you can let go of that and really be your true self. I was realizing the other day, we talk about perfectionism and the goal of perfection. And really a lot about perfectionism is the avoidance of rejection and the avoidance of the opinions of others and possible disconnection from the world. So oftentimes we say we're not going to do this or I can never do that because I think it will break me because we really don't want to be disconnected from the rest of the world but life is not perfect and it is beautiful and it is messy so my hope is as you're listening to these stories you can kind of shift that perspective and in shifting that perspective it brings you closer to your true self and closer to the relationships you have, but you're feeling even more connected and you're having these heartfelt relationships. This first episode is actually me. I'm having a really close friend of mine interview me so that you can just hear my heart and get all the juicy things that perhaps sometimes I might not even think to share because when someone asks you from a different perspective, you don't always think about it that way. And I am sharing my story of something I thought would break me, but it didn't. So she is just going to do an amazing job of helping me share my story again to help inspire you to discover the beauty within the mess. And lastly, please don't forget to share the episode, follow the podcast, review the podcast. The more you share, the more you're helping other people get free and really connect to their true self. So whether it's a friend, whether it's on social media, whether it's your your group, whatever it is, don't forget to share. So let's go ahead and get into the conversation and let Kafria 
take it away. Hello and welcome to the podcast. It is the very first episode. And on this episode, it made sense for me to share one of my stories in regards to something I thought would break me before I start getting to all the episodes of the guests. You know, I just want everyone to know that I'm not just doing this to share everyone else's story and you know, I, I experienced these same things too. So I wanted to share my story um, first so you can kind of like get into it. So I personally find that if I have someone interviewing me, I feel like they can kind of get more out of it uh, than me uh, just talking. Um, my strength is asking questions or people asking me questions and and going into that versus storytelling. I'm working on storytelling. There's some people I know who could just do it, but that's not my strength. So we're going to go with my strength. (laughs) And um, I have my friend, Kafria Hart, um, a really dear friend of mine interviewing me. And she's just going to take it away. And I'm going to let her lead wherever and how she wants to lead. (laughs) Thank you so much, Bianca. It is my pleasure. I am so honored. I get to be in that seat that you so queenly, you know, (laughs) normally hold on to, which is the seat of the interviewer. So I'm really excited about that today. So thank you for inviting me. Thank you for honoring me with this opportunity. And I'm really excited to help you share your story today. All right. So I guess we can just jump right in. So I guess we'll start with This podcast is called It Didn't Break Me. So tell me a little bit about um, something that you experienced that you thought would break you, but didn't. Well, that's very, very simple. I thought that sharing my story of living with um, genital herpes with the world and probably even with other people would break me. I, I really thought that that would break me just because of all the stigma and all the fears breaking not being perfect um or what I thought people would think there was just no way in my mind that I could even tell someone I was potentially going to sleep with at Mm. you know let alone the world right so tell me and, and I know that's hard um I actually have, you know, very close family members that I've had to walk through support with the very same thing. But what was some, what were some of the things that went through your mind, you know, when you received the diagnosis? Like, what were some of those initial thoughts? Denial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I share, I have kind of shared the story a bit, but it was denial in the sense of, I actually didn't accept my diagnosis at first. And I always mm-hmm. want to tell people that it actually took a few years mm-hmm. um, because when it was mentioned to me by the doctor, they weren't a hundred percent sure. I went along with a hundred percent, wasn't sure. And I chose that I didn't. So mm. denial. Yes. And, and, and denial because I think 
it kind of, you know, especially as a woman that mm-hmm. your whore, your loose mm-hmm. kind of stigma look at as dirty. Yes. And so I didn't want that. I didn't, you know, my core belief, I'm unlovable. And so mm-hmm. to to say that would make me feel even more unlovable and, and the shame mm-hmm. and not no one wanting me or the guy wanting to be with me. Mm-hmm. And I want to highlight that this was in my 20s, my early 20s. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine early 20s. I can't even think now. How I long know. ago was that? What year was Girl. that? <laughs> what are we in 2022? 2000s? Yeah. Oh, so in the 2000s, 2000s, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, thank God we wasn't really into social media then. But mm-hmm. it, it was a different time. Yeah. It's such a different time from today. Mm-hmm. 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 Let's talk about this stigma for a second, because this kind of this is always tweaks things for me. Um, a lot of women experience that whole, oh, you know, I'm I'm a whore, you know, dirty and all that kind of stuff. But uh, the statistic, I think, at the time, and this is when I was in my early twenties, was one in three. And if a woman (laughs) is getting any kind of sexually transmitted disease, it's with a partner. More than likely that partner is a man. So, and it's, you know, not even to get into, you know, whatever statistics that is, but we're not by ourselves, you know, like it's not just women, you know, that are dealing with it. And I know that there's stigmas that men deal with too, but I think with women, at least in my perception, there's even more of a stigma, just like, just like there is with sex, like with sex, it's one of those things where it kind of, for men, it's okay. Mm-hmm. There's a, there, there's a higher level of acceptance for a man to be promiscuous, but not for a woman to be promiscuous. Yeah. And then on, even on the flip side, when you get into the dangers that go along with sexual activity at all, um, for a man to develop a sexually transmitted disease, even though there's definitely stigma, the stigma for for women seems to be magnified or amplified mm-hmm. the same way, the, by the same like double standard, so to speak, as, you know, a man deals with just in even being sexually active. But did you experience anything like that or like in your in your journey? Yeah, I, yeah, that's why I didn't tell, right? Because of those stigmas, because of the fears, because of how you're going to be seen. And, you know, you don't ever or I didn't ever think about the other side of it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I was purely wrapped up in myself and and protecting myself and and wrapped up in fear. I'm like 20. This is the height of everything. And I think because for me, that fear and that stigma, it meant that there is no way I could, I, I could tell a partner because if I told them my world would fall apart, right. Or they wouldn't want me or I'll, or I'll experience rejection. And, and for someone who actually, I didn't know I dealt with perfectionism at the time, that fear of rejection and shame, I didn't want to experience that. So as in response to all of the stigma, all of my own stuff, like I said, I was in denial and thinking that someone telling someone would break me I didn't tell 
I did sleep with people and didn't tell them that it was possible. And even when I actually, when I came to America, when I was like 26, it was actually confirmed. And I still, again, out of the fear and did not tell. I was sexually active with two or three people and did not tell. Like in that space of time, like I did not tell. Um, I told afterwards, after the fact, um, just because it was eating up inside. But the fear and all those things that I had worked up in my head and just wanting to protect myself and not wanting to, I guess, you know, be looked at crazy, be lonely, never have anyone, because that's what comes with genital herpes, right? This is this thing that if you have it, you're dirty, even though it's one in three. And there's so many things, so many different diagnoses, but that if you do have it, that something's wrong with you. Um, not realizing how common this is, not realizing how it's caught and how it can be the easiest ways it can be transmitted, which doesn't even have to be, you know, sexually, right? Um, and so there's so many misconceptions um, that have been put out there, but but still ring true today. And, and I do know people who are making some changes around it, but that wasn't the case when that's, that was 20 years ago. But can you imagine 20 years ago, it was bad. Today, it's still bad, but it's not as bad as 20 years ago. But it's still a stigma. There's still people who are who are silent about it. Exactly. And when I say silent, um, I don't feel like anyone needs to tell the world like I did. You know, I told my first story on, on my other podcast, Authentic Wednesday. But um, when I say silent, I mean not telling the part person that you're sexually active with. And I want to add this. This does just not mean if you have genital herpes, even if you have it on your mouth, technically you are not technically you're meant to tell someone. Yeah. Right. If you have cold sores, you still have to let a person know because then if you're having oral sex and you have a cold sore, now you can pass it on to them, onto the, um, you know, exactly. onto their genitals. Exactly. So it's not just that it's, that that's why I think like it's so misinformed that mm -hmm. it's a cold sore on your genitals so mm -hmm. everyone who out there who has a cold sore and you're not telling people it's your responsibility it is just like it was mine and I didn't and I get if you don't mm -hmm. but you know yeah yeah it's like to take to take that break like what I'm hearing is when you get a diagnosis like that the world becomes a lot less safe for you at least it feels less safe it feels less safe yeah it feels less if, safe. and I think and I think we want to say it feels mm -hmm. because of course you know I'm sure we'll get into that that it's not that safe not right that it's not safe but it does feel exactly way. exactly exactly and that's exactly what I'm trying to say and it's like that's what shuts people down is that they don't feel safe and I think you know it just makes me think about honoring that like if you don't feel safe you know, like to take time, like it might take time, like you might need more time to process uh, what's happening. Like maybe if you're, if you're, let's say you meet with a partner and if you don't feel safe enough to be honest with them, maybe you don't feel safe enough in the relationship to move forward, like mm. as a possibility, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And it might not even be the other person is not safe. 
Mm-hmm. It's also about you feeling safe within yourself and your own insecurity. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because a, a big part of this is if you do, you know, get a diagnosis and you recently get a diagnosis, a lot of the thing I hear people say is who do talk about, about it and myself included is it highlights your insecurities. Yes. Mm-hmm. Having genital herpes highlights your insecurities and in a way, if you're ready and you do it, the work, which I didn't do, I'm going to be honest, like at first, like you can really do a lot of personal work on your insecurities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what is something to just consider. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask you about worth and value, mm-hmm. about like what changed in terms of how you saw your worth and value in your diagnosis and how you see that differently today? So around the time when I accepted it and the partners that I was sexually intimate with that I did turn around and tell them, I think I wasn't actually still doing perfect, um, perfect. (laughs) I know where that come from. Um, I wasn't doing any, I was going to say personal work or therapy. I still wasn't doing any therapy. But if I look back on it now, that was about, my values and feeling really guilty and thinking, oh my God, I I would not want enough friends and you have to tell them like not wanting someone to do that to me. And I think one of my values is, is definitely honesty, authenticity. And that was eating me up inside because that's not who I am. And so I think that value, that, that sense of that was more about not necessarily my value per se, but my values yes, yes. of honesty, integrity, um, consideration. And I, at, at that point, I put, my, not put myself aside in not worrying about what other thinks, but still considered myself as I'm going to be true to myself. Yes. And so with telling them that, one thing I did and then as it came to like sharing with friends when I felt it was necessarily or that was definitely me becoming more confident and more accepting um, in what I have and also just wanting to reach out and wanting support and wanting to be alone and not wanting to be alone and have that support and then I think to well I think when it got to the point where I actually shared it and it's out there, it was, it was definitely knowing my identity and my worth as a believer, as a woman in faith and in God and who I am and who is he called to be and really strengthening my sense of identity um, and worth and knowing that, you know, I'm human, I'm worthy, that my diagnosis, I am not my diagnosis. That's right. not my identity. That's something I've had, I, you know, I have, and I've, and I've learned to, to live with and, and, and work through. And so being secure and confident in who I am, and definitely as a believer, as a child of God, knowing that I'm a beloved has definitely helped with that. And then being able to look in the mirror and see me Bianca and how amazing I am and who these characters are. Right has helped me and I think without that I don't think I would have shared with the world I probably would have you know obviously still shared with partners but I think that 
help. I don't even know how long ago it was when I was really doing some identity work. So it's probably over five years ago. Well, I, I've been a therapist for seven years. So it could have been maybe 10 years ago. And I remember God saying, you're going to tell people like outside of your inner circle. I'm like, no, no. I knew at that time there would come a time where I'd be telling the world about this. And it wasn't about me. It was about other people. When I shared almost two years ago, it it wasn't, at that point, it was no longer about me. It was just really about, I know what I went through and what I did. And I want to help others and set other people free and let them know that they're, they're not alone. And I think that took a lot of confidence. Like I said, like I knew 10 years ago, I just told, what are we in 2020? I just told, share that story, like the August of 2020 when I first shared. So it probably took me what eight years then, eight years to tell, share that story. And I, and I think that that's important for people to know that, you know, you don't always have to share your story straight away. Um, there's, there's timing for that, but definitely I, I tell Kofria this all the time, like God would tell me something and I'll be like, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, telling your close friends who, you know, are safe and versus telling the world is two different things because you have no idea what the response was or what people will say or how people will take that. And so I think. I was still in that point where, you know, those things matter to me, what people would say. Whereas now, does it matter? Yeah, probably the people that are closest to me, everyone else, not so much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I've seen that journey too. Like I know that it, there's a certain level of freedom. Like when you have to share your story with the world, you have to be free, like literally divorced from how much impact their judgment affects you. Um, and I've definitely seen you, your journey in like developing this level of freedom. Like, mm-mm, look, I just got to do what I'm called to do. And it is what it is. So, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And people do need it. You know, like I, I, I mean, the statistics are true, you know, like of my personal friend group, honestly, 40% of my closest girlfriends, like Cause I don't know, I don't, I don't know any guys yet, but in my personal girlfriends, 40% deal with the same diagnosis. And it's more common in women because of just the way our bodies are made. So we're more susceptible to receiving and um, just the way our skin is made up. So there's definitely more women actually that it's a lot habit than mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. men. Mm-hmm. And every single one, even though, like I said, it's almost half of my closest friends that deal with the same diagnosis, every single one at the moment that they got their diagnosis felt alone, felt shame, felt, of course, unlovable, damaged goods. You know, women deal with a lot of things that can happen to us in our lives that make us feel like damaged goods, whether it's receiving a diagnosis, um, dealing with sexual assault. These are all these things that we deal with as women and you feel alone and we're not alone. So to just commend you on your courage to actually take that leap of faith, even if it took a few years to take that leap of faith, because it definitely benefits people. It definitely helps people because there's so many people that need to hear that I'm not by myself. And you're a professional, you're a professional woman. 
you're a lovely woman. You're a, you know, like you're a powerful woman, you know? So even the feeling of weakness, I see that like what you feel weak and you feel like, Oh, this, this doesn't happen to women who are professional. This doesn't happen, you know, to women who whatever insert blank, you know what I mean? And it's just like, your story is very powerful, you know? So I just wanted to say that because so many people need to hear it. Thank you. And, um, I just want to say that, I don't know if you was asking me this, but, you know, the courage to share with the world, you know, I was inspired by somebody else. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and I saw their story on Instagram and uh, um, maybe six months before I shared and I was like, oh, this is what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. I looked up and I found all these other people that were sharing the stories. So I was like, oh, okay. People just out here sharing now. <laughs> that was... <laughs> I, you know, it hadn't even come to my mind to share at that point. But when I, it was almost just like, as soon as I saw it, I knew I couldn't continue on my podcast and not share that story. Right. Because right. I was like, okay, it's, it was like ready to mm-hmm. come out. It was, mm. it's time. Mm. Like the birth took yes. eight years, but it's time to birth mm. this, you know, it's time mm-hmm. for it to be born. Um, That's good. And so, yeah, so it, it, so I want to say that someone else sharing encouraged me and kind of gave me that nudge. Um, and it's just so, that's why I'm also sharing to give you a nudge for whatever it is. And again, like I said, it's not that you're telling the world. It may just be to tell yourself, like I said, I was in denial. Um, in, in, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's power in that. I've, I've heard someone say anything that you feel shame or like you have to keep it a secret. There's some kind of power in that, that mm-hmm. if you can deal with that, like, you know, do the mm-hmm. work like you were talking about and process that shame to where you can have the courage to do it. There's a power that you can release, just like someone released the power for you and you're releasing that power for someone else. I want to encourage people that whatever you feel shame about, do the work. There could yeah. be power in it. Yeah. So where, where are you now, Bianca? (laughs) Um, so now I am living my life and I'm living my best life. (laughs) Stressed out, but, um, now, so when I shared, you know, going back to when I first knew I was going to share how many years ago, I was like, no, because I imagined all these worst things could ever happen or all the things that would happen. And so, so by the time I shared two years ago, I didn't, I no longer, it was interesting because I no longer needed encouragement. I was just sharing for other people, but it was amazing how much encouragement I did get. It was really funny. Um, I actually did a video and I told everyone, thank you for encouragement. I really need you to share this story because, and you know, I appreciated it, but it was just interesting that I was beyond that point. I was like, I appreciate you so much, but I need you to share the podcast <laughs> because I want, so- I want someone else to ha- get help. I want someone else to be okay. I want, I, you know, I was, I was at that point and that, that was beautiful to see so thinking back in the day, and I probably would have shared up like, oh my God, no one's shunning me. No one's um, talking about me. No one's talking bad about me. No one's, um, you know, pointing the finger at me. 
I, I thought that was that was really interesting. But um, the most interesting was the texts, the DMs, the phone calls. Even ended up helping and supporting someone and, and, and coaching someone through that. That was the most powerful and the most surprising. No, I said texts and, and DMs and messages, whatever. No, I said texts because... If you're in my phone and just no one is just not in my, in my phone for no reason. <laughs> and so the texts and the conversations I had was me too, or I wish I knew this. I wish I knew this. Blah, blah, blah. It, like, some, some of it was thank you for sharing me too. And some of it was, I wish I had this information such and such years ago. So from that, you just knew that uh, you too. And it gave more, even more purpose and more power and, you know, to the story. And just, I guess it brings me to this podcast, right? The importance of this podcast, it didn't break me. And how many things we hold back or we don't do or we're afraid of happening because the world is going to end it's going to you know crumble or we're going to lose this connection and the whole point really of this podcast is to say no that's not true there's another side to this you may you know how we work so many things up in our head and have all these stories up in our head and this podcast is to help people see that no it doesn't break you there's another side to this it's just not the worst thing that can happen so you know from all that I mean I knew the power of stories but seeing that it's like yeah this is this is what makes the podcast worthwhile in regards to you know you asked me the question where I am today this is where I am with this podcast because storytelling right and in and, and those those fears and, and and setting people free and you know shining a light you yeah. know it reminds me of post-traumatic resilience like I remember learning about there's post-traumatic stress disorder and then there's also post-traumatic resilience which is a co-occurring phenomenon like when people go through things that you know can present a lot of trauma there also is coming out of that trauma this opportunity to like you know go to deeper depths and higher heights because mm -hmm. after you've come through the trauma there's like this capacity you know that we have to even achieve more if we if we can put the trauma in a certain like perspective mm -hmm. so it's like I think that that's like what I'm hearing like when you know like when you shared your story and people are like oh I wish I knew this uh, you know I, I'm you know me too it's like through releasing like that power of like just something that you thought would break you there's this whole other capacity you know that comes out of that that is just so amazing so mm -hmm. wow yeah. wow 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 yes that Thank is you. so crazy never I haven't heard of that oh what? yeah wow yes yes I, I I heard about it like you know this is back when you know we just talked about my journey like coming <laughs> through my traumatic issues and then I learned about post-traumatic resilience that it's not one-sided like you said like that's what made me think of it when you say it's not just this one thing 
there's two sides like you go through this but then there's it unlocks something else like there's this goodness that can come out of it mm. um mm-hmm. I love that yes oh yeah. my gosh so I you said something else I wanted to ask you about too yeah um about support so mm-hmm. um like you were at the point you know when you started telling your story where you didn't need as much encouragement but just you know coming from you know like I said my perspective I have almost half of my close friends that have dealt with the same diagnosis. Mm-hmm. How do you support? Like, what can you do to support um, someone? Like, what, like even thinking of like, what would you have needed? You know, what, how could you have been supported by a friend like in, in that early stage or even from the perspective of a therapist? Like, what's the best thing you can do to support someone? You know, ooh, I can tear up. Um, best support that I got was from my friends and telling me it's okay and um that they're still my friends and you know I said this before but personally one of my male friends like who really supported me I I think that that was a big thing because you know it's it's the opposite sex to me and you know I'm into men so knowing that that was there and that acceptance and just listening and and encouraging and letting me know it's gonna be okay um that was good and then telling you know my other friends at the time that was and, and this is in particular when I was more uh, accepting that you know I should and I think that that was that was the support that meant the world to me and I think that just listening letting that person know it's going to be okay asking them what do they need to me is the best support and I didn't have therapy at the time it wasn't really a big thing at the time but I definitely would recommend it you know therapy or coaching or whatever you need around that I definitely would recommend it depending on how deep it is for some it could be really traumatic right and so I think the other thing is as a friend or family member or the partner who is listening and and to someone else share that is to educate yourself and don't expect the other person to educate you yes yes I think Mm. that that is they're already dealing with enough and whatever they can give you at the time. But if you bombard them with a whole bunch of questions, that's overwhelming. That's overwhelming. And so I think, yeah, get your own education, educate yourself. Mm, And there is no, no excuse for not educating yourself nowadays. Google, CDC, Mm -hmm. Yes. Instagram, podcasts, TikTok, <laughs> TikTok, whatever it is, there's no excuse. So I would definitely say, yeah, just, you know, keeping it simple with those things um, and, and not trying to fix that person or trying to make them feel better. Just being with them during that difficult time. You yes, know? yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I know that can be hard as, as a fixer, 
that is hard to do. And I, and I know that, but like Bianca's saying, like, I know that you don't have to fix it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to fix it. You're just there for support, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. That is, whew, that's good. I felt that too. I really felt that too. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that, Bianca. I know yeah. that was, that was emotional. Yeah. So thank you for being so absolutely open and vulnerable and courageous and sharing your story. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and I just want to add, mm-hmm. um, there are people that are okay with sleeping with people mm-hmm. with genital herpes. Just be mm-hmm. honest, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I always say prepare your, your thing. And it's not that you, something is wrong or like you're damaged. This mm-hmm. is about, it's a sexual health conversation. Yes. So it's not just about, oh, I've got it. And what are you going to do? It's, this is what I have. Do you have any um, mm-hmm. sexual transmitted diseases that I need to be aware of? When's the last time you've been tested? So mm. it's not just, oh, it's just me. You also need to know about their health, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Don't just assume that they're okay just because you have it that they're Mm -hmm. okay don't go with that assumption so when you're going into it you know you're going in with this level of confidence I know what I have but what do you have not not that point of view yes also you know what's going on with you so it's a a conversation it's a two-way conversation it's not a one-way conversation it does and that does open the door for people to be honest I've I've heard multiple instances from friends that opened up to be honest and the other person is like me too yeah and they weren't going to say anything. They were at a different place in their journey than them. Right. So you never know. So they yes. oh gosh, I'm so glad you said that. Oh my gosh. So B, what, what's messy in your life right now? Ooh, I, <laughs> um, considering today's daylight saving my brain and my time. <laughs> I, um, yeah, it was, the clocks went forward. Um, you know, today is March. I don't know. See, I don't even know the date. March 14th. Um, the clocks went forward yesterday and it was okay because yesterday was Sunday, but Monday was rough um, because, um, you know, your body's still on this other time. And so what's messy is my time, <laughs> my, my, my body and my time, <laughs> even though I posted it and, and, and uh, I posted it on my stories and my friend was like, you may feel like that, but you still look great. So the beauty in the mess is that... <laughs> my brain is foggy with time and I'm, I'm all over the place with my time today thankfully I'm not seeing clients but uh I still look beautiful <laughs> someone told me the beauty in the mess <laughs> you sure do you look great oh Thank my you. gosh yes and there's so so much beauty I just I love that about your message in general the beauty in the mess like that is just that's just a message for the world. I think, especially now, even with daylight savings time and all that other stuff that's mm. going on, it's just to remember that there's so much beauty, even as things get mm. messy. And they're always going to be, they're always going to be some level of mess in our lives. Yeah. But there's always also going to be so much beauty yeah. that goes with it. So this is my first interview. So I don't know how much of this is going to make it on the, from the, on the tape, so to speak. But um, Bianca, done? what do you, 
<laughs> yeah, I was on a, I was on to try to clean it up and ask it in the. No, in, we can in, leave it in there. <laughs> oh my gosh, Bethany, don't take it out. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna ask you if there's anything else like you want to leave the audience with. Like you know, I know I asked the, the, the messy question, but I didn't want to just have to cut it off there. If there was anything else on the inside of you that you want to share about your story, um, is there anything else I want to share about this story? No, I just think I said it all that, you know, sharing with people I thought would break me, sharing it with the world I thought would break me and it didn't. It just brought me to, I think we talked about this, Kofria, to a new sense of freedom and put me in, in, in this new sense of power. Like not power is in, maybe confidence is the word rather than power, but, you know, because I always... I think it's important to be powerful and and uh, not power over people, but this sense of power to do things, this sense of powerful confidence, right? And so we shy away from these things that we think would break us, but we don't think about what could possibly be on the other side. And what is on the other side is this this whole level of confidence and, and freedom and being able to do that for others right because that's what we want to do life is not all about us i know for me it is about connecting people helping people connect to their authentic self their identity and just allowing them to experience freedom and and i believe me sharing and and, and having other people is that light is that pathway is me shining that light for those people to come down that pathway who are scared to do things that they think will break them. Yes. And that is power. I think it's, I think power is amazing, but you don't use your power to dominate other people. But whenever you see light, there's definitely power. And to me, that's exactly what you're shining today by sharing your story. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me and allowing me to interview you. Your story is so powerful and I'm truly honored. Thank you. You did an amazing job, Kafria. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so thank you to everyone who is listening. Didn't she do amazing, Pete? <laughs> A right. big shoes to fill with Bianca. She's the queen of questions. <laughs> thank you so much. I don't know about you, but that was a lot. That was, um, it was a lot to share and a lot to take in. And I hope that you can just let that sink in. And remember, you can hear the episode over and over again. If there were any gems that you missed, if you were listening to this as you were driving. But I personally just want to share my takeaways from sharing my own story. First of all, as I mentioned at the end that there really is a lot of power and freedom for yourself and others in sharing your story. And remember I said that you don't have to share it with the world. It could just be that one person that can make all the difference. And even as you hear your own story back and I hear my own story back, I hear all the things that I've been through and how I've come through and how I'm truly capable. And so for me, it was grateful 
to share my story and have that um, reminder, or shall I say, I'm grateful for that. And the second thing that I'm taking away is I am more than my diagnosis. My diagnosis is not my identity. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. The very first episode and the very first season. Thank you for listening to It Didn't Break Me. If you like this episode, please follow the podcast and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Please don't forget to share this with a friend and you can tag me on Instagram with your takeaway from this episode at authentically be you. If you want to keep abreast of upcoming episodes, please sign up for the newsletter on the podcast website, itdidn'tbreakme.com. And remember to discover the beauty within the mess.